0: Today on Locked On Red Wings, Detroit heads into a difficult back-to-back, riding a four-game losing streak, and five prospects are headed to the World Junior Championship. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKED ON NHL to get up to $100 matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Uh, Scotty, you know, normally this is going to be kind of an I don't want to say a weird episode, but normally we save our game previews kind of until like the very end of our episodes just because they're really quick. But with the circumstances in which the Red Wings find themselves in, you know, being losers of seven of the last eight and riding a four game losing streak currently. Oh, 13 and one now when scoring three or fewer goals, just an absolute tailspin in this team. It's we're going to kind of do a 30-minute preview of these two games, but with a twist. We're kind of going to intertwine the conversations that we want to have today and how it could possibly help uh, these two games. Now, also to note, like, these things could, could also happen at any given moment, but these two games, Scotty, Philadelphia at home and then New Jersey on the road, Friday and Saturday, I said it on yesterday's show, suddenly become kind of vital games to win, at least if not for like the standings and like your season's on the line if you lose these, but from a momentum standpoint, from a mental headspace standpoint, for just like giving the fans kind of a sense of relief um, that this isn't, you know, it's not completely falling apart and will, you know, continue to fall apart. You know what I mean? So I I, I just feel as if these two games are almost vital. Yeah man, I, we talked
1: about it a little bit yesterday but uh, the 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 momentum that you want to carry into the Christmas break is really huge and I think that at le- it would be so 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 great if they just went out there and and punched Philly in the mouth and just got off to a really good start and put yourselves in a position where at least you have a little bit of flexibility, you know, win, lose, play it hard. Whatever happens on Saturday happens, and you know, obviously, you want to win the last game going into the the few day break as well. But I, I really think Philly, specifically, like that—that that is a a team that, for all intensive purposes, at full strength, should be worse than you. That you should beat. That you just lost to last week, and while you're spiraling, I think. It is a great opportunity at home to just get back on the horse. And uh I I I both games, yes, but I, I really think if they just come out on on Friday night and hit the ground running and look really good against Philly, I think that would go a really long way.
0: Yeah. And I don't even need them, I don't even need the Red Wings to have a like five nothing, five one, five two blowout. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, based on the fact that we know this team can't win tight games, low scoring tight games, I would actually love to go fight, play Philly, who is hot right now. We just did a preview on yeah. them last weekend, right? Yeah. You know, They are a team that 26 points for Travis Konechny, Travis Sandheim, 22 points, 30 games played. They don't score a lot. We, we know this for a fact. They only scored one goal in the Red Wings last Saturday. The Red Wings just couldn't answer with a goal of their own. This is a defense-first hockey team. They're going to suffocate you in the defensive zone. They're going to block a lot of shots. They're going to put their sticks in lanes, and we saw this happen with the Red Wings. This last weekend, and this is a Red Wings team that offensively, you know, they played the Winnipeg Jets at five on five in the first period and especially the third period. Very hard, like the numbers at the end of the game were close. They just couldn't buy a goal early on and in the in the third period and then just defensive lapses is what cost them this game. So I would love to see you go out there against a team that you know is going to be challenging and win a tight one because we mentioned it yesterday. This Red Wings team right now is only going to win hockey games if they insulate their goaltending. Because James Reimer, while well, you and I are both in agreement that none of the goals against the Jets that he that he allowed in against the Jets are solely his fault. Just numerous egregious defensive lapses. And Moritz Sider said it himself in the post game: Like, we just make it too easy for them. And they did. I want to see this Red Wings team come out and respond with just a absolutely stellar defensive performance and win a tight, low-scoring game. That's my best-case scenario. Honestly, I'll just take a win any way I can get it.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i not going to be too picky about it at this point. They've been way too far, few and far between. But I get your point. If they could kind of buck the trend and actually get a win defensive styled victory i'm sure that would go a long way for morale as well but i
0: i really just think a win no matter how we get it is is of the utmost importance they're playing today thursday against the nashville predators at home before coming to Uh. detroit on friday so they're gonna be on the second half of a back-to-back so if they play carter hart against the predators which my gut feeling says they will i could be totally wrong by the time this episode airs, we'll, we'll know. Didn't help us last time either. So <laughs> Exactly. That's what I was building up to. You'll have Urson in that possibly, but I'd still rather, even though he shut the Red Wings out this last game, and that's just mainly because the Red Wings didn't really have any high danger chances against Urson. They never really tested him all that much. Um, I'd rather have him than Carter Hart, who's been phenomenal this season. Uh, this season, Carter Hart, Scotty, has a save percentage of 919, which is far, far above league average. He is pretty good. So yeah, I mean that's that's the recipe for success to right in the ship before going in the break at least with the first of the two of the back to back to me at least.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like I said,
0: I I completely agree. And the Red Wings are also going to get help too. David Perron is going to be back. Uh yeah. David Perron has served his 6 games. I think they actually did him a little bit dirty Scotty uh in the fact that he appealed his suspension with at before game number six and the NHL has like 48 hours to respond. And they knew if they just waited the full 48 hours, that game was going to get played the sixth game and they wouldn't have to even bother. And I'm like, you know, that was intentional. Like we don't actually know, no, but like everyone knows that they're just, we're going to wait because we don't have to do it yet. And then you'll have served your six games. Um, But David Perron coming back, that is another instance, another power play boost, another scoring touch. I don't think he's going to be a game changer. He's not Dylan Larkin, but he is added help for a team that is just desperately looking for any kind of scoring right now.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And and we, I mean we talked, we've talked a lot about the Offensive struggles that this team has had, and obviously David Perron by himself is not going to single-handedly change those, but uh, for a team that has had so many players miss games lately, just getting another one back and being very close to full strength again is, you know,
0: certainly can't hurt, you'd think. Yeah, the problem is, is the Philadelphia Flyers are just so the way that they they got that absolute Tortorella bump right now, they're playing very good defensive hockey, as I've already stated. They're 14th in the league at Corsi percent at 5-on-5. So they are a a slightly above average team at uh, 5-on-5 shot attempts. And that's mostly, I would imagine, them suppressing more shot attempts than they're taking. Let me double-check on that one as well so I don't uh, make make a mistake here. Philadelphia Flyers are actually 18th in the league in shot attempts against, fewest shot attempts against, uh, they're 15th in shot attempts four, which is why they're slightly above average because they're middle of the league in both. So they do, get, they do a pretty good job on both regards and an expected goals 4% for the quality of those shot attempts. Let's see where they rank real quickly here. They're seventh in the league in quality shot attempts. So they're not going to absolutely kill you in shot attempts, but they're going to stop you from having shot attempts. And meanwhile, the ones they get are going to be quality attempts as well. So it's not going to be easy. Their Wings mean, are 29th in Corsi at five on five, they're five on five metrics, 29th in the league at shot attempts, like shot attempt share, I guess I should say it's, it's, they got to do something to write the ship. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit later about one of the things I think they can do, but Scotty, when it comes to the Philadelphia flyers, it's going to be a tough one. And we got blanked by them a week ago. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't dictate that that's going to be what happens again. You know, it's just, no, obviously, happens-
1: but like, you know, this wasn't like a month ago. Well, this was
0: <laughs> a week ago. I mean, I we could go on and on about what needs to be changed, but at the end of the day, they just got to put together, I wouldn't even say a complete game, but just play a team game. They were, they've been so disjointed of late, you know, not covering each other in the offensive or defensive zone, not going to where their teammates are passing or the passing going to where they think their teammates is going to be. Just they don't look like they're playing like a team. And I think that's, you know, a big, a big reason for that is because of the fact that so many guys are just coming back from injury. You also injected a guy 25 games into the season that hadn't been there. Who's very talented, almost to a point where players are deferring. Like you see it. They're giving the puck to Patrick Kane whenever he's open and they're just expecting him to do something with it. Where, and Patrick Kane's been very good. Like I can't really hate on that decision, but also make yourself available, you know. So yep. I uh, there's a lot that needs to change. And the Philadelphia Flyers are just game one of two really tough back-to-backs. Absolutely. So we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, I guess we'll talk about the New Jersey Devils. And uh, then we'll talk about if it's maybe time to inject some youth into this lineup. So stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. You never know. It could be. I'm trying to think of a Red Wing player that's playing hot right now. Uh, I did Patrick Kane yesterday. There's not really much else going on for the Red Wings. Let's just say Christian Fisher could score 50 goals. Let's do it. You know what? Let's screw it. Uh, The Red Wings could hoist the Stanley Cup, and you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app for the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby, or McKinnon will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight-player stats. You heard me, Red Wings fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code lockdown NHL and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply. That's code lockdown NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. Segment two lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scott, do you have anything else you want to add about the Philadelphia Flyers or should we just move on to the devils?
1: No, no. I think the devils is a nice transition there. And again, I it, As much of a a point of emphasis, I think the Flyers game is, this entire
0: weekend is very important, obviously. Yes, it is very important all the way through. The New Jersey Devils, it doesn't really get that much easier. I know the New Jersey Devils are sixth in the Metropolitan Division right now. They're not playing their best hockey, but I still think that they're a very dangerous hockey team that just has really abysmal goaltending in net for them. Uh currently, right now, v- Vitek Vanacek has an 883 save percentage, and Akira Schmid has an 897, both well below. Well, actually, technically Schmid's only a few points below the league average. I keep right. forgetting the league average and goaltending is like 903 right now. Uh, but both are below average goaltending. We saw that in the last time these two teams faced each other. Goaltending is a major issue uh, for this hockey team. They got blanked by the Red Wings four to nothing on what 16 shots, I think it was. Or was that no, they only took they only had 16 shots against yeah. the Red Wings. So, I mean, it's nice that you're playing a team that's slumping, so to speak, on the second half of your back-to-back, but they still have a a ton of young offensive threats, especially a team like the Red Wings right now who are not playing well at all. You just cannot take for granted on the second half of back-to-back. Well, you're probably going to be playing Michael Hutchinson because that's the other thing we got to keep in mind. Michael Hutchinson is likely going to be getting one of these starts. So just yet again another example where you have to really isolate your goaltending. Yeah
1: man, I this is for insulate, sorry.
0: Yes, insulate. <laughs> for
1: as much as the Devils aren't off to like the crazy uh stretch that they had last season, uh this is still a team with a lot of offensive talent on it. A lot of offensive talent uh to the point where they have the best power play in the entire NHL. So Heck of a test for, for a team that is desperately trying to, uh, like you said, insulate the puck, uh, try to limit high danger opportunities, et cetera. This is th- the issue for this team, as you just mentioned, has been goaltending. They're one of the worst goaltending teams in the league uh, just as, uh, overall, not even goaltender to goaltender just as a team. So yeah, man, like this is uh, a-, a game where, before the wings started skidding you would look at and you'd be like all right this is probably going to be a high scoring hockey game right like i'll take the over on this one but Mm -hmm. uh now we're at a point where it's it's i guess i would say somewhat of a toss-up in that regard but yeah man this is still uh obviously hughes Brat. like this is this is very much still a phenomenal offense and uh a team that can put up a lot of goals in a hurry and that is something that the Red Wings have struggled to prevent is giving up a lot of goals in a hurry. So so
0: uh, the Devils currently rank they are just making sure they're 17th in the league at team save percentage at, in all situations overall. Uh the Red Wings currently rank at 11th. Can you believe that? The Red Wings are nearly a top 10 team in team save percentage. Like as much as we have been criticizing and critical of the defense and the goaltending, the goaltending is still 11th in the league in terms of team save percentage. That's wild. Uh, but this team is another one of those, and this is why they're struggling a lot this year. Obviously, their team save percentage isn't great, but when you look at their expected goals against Scotty at five on five, they are 25th in the league. So this is very much a team. I know the Red Wings shut them out or shut them out four to nothing before, and that there was a good reason for that. Their defense and goaltending is very porous. Like this is a uh, New Jersey Devils team that is not playing good defense whatsoever, but they score a lot of goals. And that's where their wins come from. But unfortunately this year, they're like the Buffalo Sabres last year. Uh, they, they're not outscoring their problems like the Red Wings were. The Red Wings for the large part were outscoring the problems. The Devils haven't been able to do that. Despite the fact that their Corsi 4 percentage, Scotty, their shot attempts percentage, their shot attempts share is I think fifth in the league at five-on-five. They have a 55.41 across the season share of the shot attempts in any given game. Like, overall, that's insane. Especially when you break it down to Corsi for the shot attempts for the shot attempts against. They have the 11th most, sorry, the 12th most shot attempts at five-on-five, but they've also given up the 29th most shot attempts, and they're 25th in quality of shot attempts given up. So this is a team where if you're the Detroit Red Wings, like it could end up being an absolute shootout. But this is a winnable hockey game. It sucks that it's coming on a second half of a back-to-back, but you know, the Philadelphia Flyers are a tough team for the Red Wings to play against because their style doesn't mesh well against the Red Wings. But the New Jersey Devils, if you're still winless, if you're riding a five-game losing streak, the Devils might be your best shot. So I talked a lot about I talked a lot about it rather, Scotty, that your cushion is completely gone. You know, you built up such a nice cushion in the wild card slash Atlantic Division race against the teams below them, which is Buffalo, Montreal, uh, the Senators, and Tampa Bay, for a time. And then you blew it. Now these two games going into Christmas just become so vital. And it's Philadelphia is a tough team. It's going to be tough to play in New Jersey in the second half of a back to back. But these are winnable games, and they have to be won. They're going to be tough, but you have to win it, and you got to figure it out. I think New Jersey is your best chance because the shootout well, it will likely be a shootout. The numbers dictate that, show that it'll probably be a shootout, but. <sighs> it's going to be a 2 nothing final now. Give me a 2-8. Two- hey, but I did I did just say also at the segment one that right now what would make me happiest is a tight, you know, a tight, low-scoring win because they haven't done that this season at all, like literally. I didn't say so. a win, but yeah. Oh, you didn't. That's true. <laughs> I just assumed you meant win. <laughs> it, it's just it, it's a very it's a very difficult
1: stretch of Red Wings hockey to predict other than it hasn't been going well. That's <laughs> kind of like the only constant, right? Like the 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 they have been consistently inconsistent in so many areas. And I, I agree with everything you said though. Uh this is uh this is an opportunity for the wings for sure.
0: Well, and that brings me to my final question, right? Like, at what point is it acceptable to inject some youth into this lineup? And also, can they inject youth into this lineup with the way the roster is structured? And I mean, I think we're going to wait until segment three to answer that question. So stay tuned. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty. We talked a lot, we've talked a lot uh, off air, especially about the potential of bringing the youth up, but we've always hesitated to have the conversation because you look at the roster and it just doesn't seem really feasible, but then you hear about how guys specifically Simon Edinson and Jonathan Berggren, are just tearing up the Grand Rapids Griffins and Berggren, in his most recent stint with the Red Wings was had two goals in two games and then was promptly sent back down. I mean at what point do you say we have got to get this youth in the lineup they're ready and then this follow-up question is how do you do it
1: yeah it's uh like i said yesterday it's a really fine line to walk i i am a firm believer at this point and this is not something that's been the red wings or our mindset you know in the last i don't know five years necessarily but uh, this is a, a point where the Wings' top priority should just be having the best possible roster at the NHL level, and that is not every roster's goal, right? There's a lot of politics involved with like service time, and uh, there's a lot of just like development and where the NHL team is currently, et cetera, et cetera. That is not every team's in, in the league's goal, and I think that the Wings are are finally at that point, right? And, and there's an argument even last year they weren't. But I think this year, you are at a point where you are trying to be competitive, be as competitive as possible, and you should be putting the 23, 24, 25 best dudes on the NHL roster every single night. And I think that a lot of people are of the belief that uh, Edvinson and or Berger specifically, are probably deserve to be in that conversation and then as you said obviously the conversation then becomes okay well if you think that how do you find room for them uh that is the and we talked about this a little bit with max but that is kind of the blessing and the curse of the current blue line Mm -hmm. i don't think we're seeing edvinson until an injury happens like genuinely and i i'm like obviously i'm not rooting for an injury uh, but an injury inevitably will happen this is the NHL right i can't think of too many times that an entire seven man blue line stayed 100% healthy for an entire NHL season so i'm i'm would imagine that it'll happen eventually but uh i don't think there is a, an oper- a clear cut just like oh like just you know get rid of so and so and just like the the one person that you that I I feel like is probably the most arguable would be Olimada. And you literally extended him last year. Like, I feel like that's, that's, uh, that, that's not something they're just going to do and like, not think about. Uh, Mm. I think they're waiting for some, not waiting for an injury, but I think that that is when Edmondson will get his opportunity. I I don't know. I, I don't, I don't really see any other like clear cut path. And then when it comes to Berger, there's a little bit more flexibility on the forward core, I, I guess. There's some there's some moving around you could do to get him fourth line minutes, and, but yeah, well yeah, and then again that goes back to my original point, right? Like if he's going to be playing on the fourth line. Is he? Does he deserve to be one of the like twelve best forwards? in this organization and be playing fourth-line minutes. I think there's certainly an argument for it, but then you got to really take a long look in the mirror and ask yourself if you'd rather Berger be playing fourth-line minutes than top-line and GR minutes. And uh, I think that that answer would be different for a lot of people. Again, I am of the belief you should just, at this point, let, let's <laughs> let's just get what what Iserman and Lalonde, uh, a combination of the two, et cetera, believe are the, the the best players in the organization up here and and not do the back and forth game but it's again a very difficult and fine line to walk clearly
0: yeah it's incredibly frustrating because and i we mentioned this with the interview with max but you know Iserman has gone on the record and say like if a player is ready to play at the nhl they'll play at the nhl and i don't know what else edvinson and bergen have to do i mean like yes are there aspects of their games that could be improved Sure, but are they aspects of their game that can be improved at the NHL level? I also think yes, because in terms of overall productivity, those two players are, are not, they're, they're too good for the NH- uh, AHL at this point. You know, Jonathan Berrigan has 18 points in 19 games with the Griffins, he's been electric ever since returning, especially. Edvinson, who's not necessarily known as being like a point producing defenseman, has 16 points in 25 games with the Grand Rapids Griffins. Like you drafted him to be like a back end stalwart kind of guy, and he's producing points for them. Not to say he has no offensive upside. He does definitely have offensive upside. But like, what are we doing, man? Like, what it's very clearly that they're blocked. And you brought up the Olimata extension. That's the other problem. There is one defenseman on this hockey team right now. That is going to be uh, UFA at the end of the season. And that's Shane Gossesberg, One of the few defensemen that I'd be happy keeping. <laughs> like, yeah. I, it's not even a problem of just this season. And just right now, it's you're looking at the outlook. And if this team isn't in a position to sell and not to say that trades can't still happen, like you can buy at the deadline and still move out a piece that you want to move out. But like, if you're buying at the deadline, you most likely don't want to rock your chemistry too much. Either you want to bring in somebody overall, so, like, where does Simon Edvinson fit, fit even next year? Because you'll still have Walman under contract. You still, you'll, Cider will have his brand new shiny contract. Sherrod will be here. Petrie will still be here because Petrie's got a, he's got a no trade clause. Like, he's not going anywhere. Uh, uh, Olimata's got a three year deal. Or, uh, I'm sorry. O, uh, Justin Hull has a three year deal. And then Olimata's on a couple more years as well. So there's just, Nowhere to squeeze in Simon Edmondson, and you're not going to bring him up and bury him on the sixth line, and that's the sixth line, the sixth, you know, the sixth defenseman on the third pair is what I meant to say. And the same thing with Jonathan Berger, and you're not going to bury him on the fourth line because those guys are such highly touted prospects. If you're going to call them up, you want them to immediately step into a impactful role. So I understand why they're not up because you want them to just get minutes at the AHL rather than get five minutes at the a, you know, at the NHL level. But it's just this team defensively is so bad. And I'm not trying to claim Jonathan Bergen is going to f- solve their defensive needs, but just they, they need something to, sp- to spark plug this team right now. Cause everything's out of sorts. And I'm not trying to imply that a rookie is going to come in here, or I guess a sophomore in Bergen's case is going to come in here and turn this team around and fix everything. But the team's playing so bad right now that the chaos a rookie can bring can be an absolute spark plug. And when I say chaos, I mean young players come in and how often do you see them come in and just absolutely light it up. Elmer Soderblom at the start of last year, Jonathan Bergen, when he was called up Raymond and Siders rookie season. And that's not a monolith. That's not always true. Sometimes it takes rookies a while to heat up, but these guys are well seasoned in grand Rapids right now. And Elmer Soderblom, I'm not considering one of these guys I'm considering bringing up. He's been off to a sluggish start in AHL often been a scratch with the Griffins. Uh, but Edmondson and Bergen, especially like they come up, they have the energy, they're excited to play. They're going to be doing everything and anything and everything out there on the ice. And that can lead to miscues. Yes. But the energy and the chaos they can bring can also catch opponents off guard. And this is just me trying to desperately find anything to get this team back on the right track. Long-term, I don't know if bringing these guys up right now would solve the issue, and I don't know how you would do it with the roster, because I talked about how is blocked on defense. It's very much true on the offense as well. I thought your opportunity was the, when Costin uh, got hurt, because he was a winger called Bergeron, but again, we're in the lineup you saw in him. You don't want to bury him on the fourth line. So, do I think that the Red Wings should bring up their youth? Yes. I just don't see how they could possibly do it.
1: Yeah, I I I, don't, I mean, I, I already kind of gave my, my rundown of the the struggles that the roster, the limitations that the roster has to bring them up. Um, I, I think, I mean, long-term I'm, I'm not like as worried. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, uh, I don't think that we should be looking a year down the road and be like, what's this blue line going to look like in a year? Like it, it'll change. Like it's
0: I, like, it's I'm being not, a Debbie downer right now. Right. I
1: like it's, <laughs> Hey, I, I know. I just, it's like, it's, it's going to, you know, we have a whole nother off season and, and the, still the rest of this season and tra- a trade deadline and et cetera, et cetera. You know, th- there will be, th- there will be room a year from now, but I, in this moment, it is, it, it's, it's, <laughs> I I don't really know. I don't really know. I I, I really don't. And it's, I don't know if calling them up would single hand. I mean, burgers played this year and like played in uh, somewhat when the injuries were happening, prominent roles. And like, he didn't, you know, that didn't like change the entire outlook of the offense. So it's not a, it's not a guarantee that even that would happen, but, uh at least it's it's some sort of a brainstorming exercise for like how to jolt some <laughs> energy well, into a locker room that has been just absolutely struggling like crazy lately.
0: And that's what I that's what it comes down to, right? Like I even just said, like it's isn't like they're gonna come in and absolutely change the locker room culture and make this team a stand-like a contender, but it's more about getting different bodies and energies in the locker room the energy level right now, just it they, they're so down on themselves because they've been playing so hard and they've been so banged up. And they've had such a, that's the other thing too is, right? Like they didn't even practice on Thursday because they didn't get in from Winnipeg until 2 a.m. And then they have a back-to-back the day two days following. And I actually, I mean, I agree with that decision. You don't want to wear them out, but how are you supposed to, how are you supposed to expect to fix your mistakes when you don't even have time to practice? So there's so many things going against the Red Wings right now. And I'm just trying desperately to grasp at anything to potentially right the ship. And Edvinson and Bergrin, namely those two, because I, I don't think, you know, Hannes, uh, Casper, those guys aren't ready yet. Albert Johansson, you could make an argument, is ready as well. He's a under; He's been kind of overshadowed by Simon Edvinson. But it's just trying to find anything to get this team back on the right track. And also like we keep hearing about how good the Red Wings cabinet of prospects is yet. Here we are five years into Iserman's tenure. And I'm not trying to say I know better. I, in the end, I still have, I still believe in Iserman's what, Iserman's building, but we're five years into his tenure. And the only two draft picks that he has made that we've seen is cider and Raymond. We have all these other guys playing in Grand Rapids. And I, I think I understand the idea, right? Get these guys playing together, get them playing in the system. Cause the Grand Rapids Griffins are apparently running the same system as the Red Wings, get them adjusted to the North American ice. That way, when they come to the NHL, they're ready. I see it. I agree with it. But I'm getting impatient, and I'm getting desperate for something, which is why it's a good thing I'm a podcast host, because if I was a general manager getting desperate, the, the team would never go anywhere. But just, I'm so... It's just, I get so impatient watching these players that seem like they're ready just sit there in Grand Rapids, put up points <laughs> nonstop. yeah.
1: Uh, again, I, I, we had this conversation of the off season too. And, and, um, I was more on the depth is a good thing side. Uh, but the team's been in on the blue line, certainly not on the forward core, but on the blue line, the team has been like absurdly healthy. So like, here we are.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing that struggles that is most frustrating is even if you wanted to bring them up, there's not room, but we beat that dead horse. Scotty, we're 34 minutes into the episode, uh, real quick. The world junior championship begins on December 29th in Sweden and uh, Lucas Raymond's hometown. The Red Wings have five prospects going to world juniors. And of course, like an idiot, I was exiting out of tabs just now, but, uh, Axel Sandin, Palika, Nate Danielson, Trey Augustine, Kevin Bicker. And, and see, there's one that I'm forgetting, and this is why I'm an idiot. That's why I had it up just in case. <laughs> Be patient with me guys. I'm really sorry. Anton, Anton Johansson, the other Johansson in their system are all going to world juniors representing their respective countries. So keep an eye on that. Trey Augustine with Michigan state, the second round pick the goaltender for the Red Wings has been absolutely phenomenal part of big part of the Michigan state's resurgence, making my buddy John real happy. Uh, Nate Danielson off, started off slow with the Brandon Weakings, but has since just exploded uh, offensively. He currently has, 25 points in 24 games with them this season. He's been great, which was expected because he's their captain. He's experienced. Axel Sandin Pelica, one of the most exciting defensemen in the Swedish Hockey League right now. I think at one point he led all defensemen in points at 18 years old. Uh, let me double check on what how he's doing. We were really excited about him on draft night, man. Dude, he's going to be so good. I think he... I, He's not going to make the NHL next year, but he's going to take a few years because he's so young and raw. But what he's doing with the Swedish hockey team is incredible. He's got 26 points in 51 games. as an 18-year-old playing in the Swedish Professional Hockey League. Incredible. I'm really pumped for Sandin Pelica. Uh, Kevin Bicker, fifth-round pick by the Red Wings this past year. He plays in the German League, the DEL. He has two points in, like, 26 games played. There's Anton Johansson as well. But (laughs) overall, Scotty, I mean... Nice. Not as many prospects going this year, but the ones who are going are definitely of note and definitely to be watched.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, this is the uh, i kind of want to call it the cycle, right? Like we, we have uh, ha- had a crop that were consistently in these type of uh, tournaments and whatnot. And in this tournament specifically over the last couple of years. And as obviously they keep getting older, then we have the next crop and it's really cool to just see a lot of players that we just drafted playing, obviously, right? That's, uh, that's kind of the fun part, but I'm super pumped about it in general. USA's roster is like, looks awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited.
0: They always do. And then they break your heart. So, well, annoyed. anyway, Scotty, uh, we are going to have a game recap for the people after this weekend game. So we'll be recording on Sunday. So it'll technically be a Christmas episode because it'll air on Monday. So we'll say Merry Christmas to you guys then and happy holidays and all that jazz. You got any final thoughts, buddy? We ball. We do ball. We'll be back with a new episode on Christmas day. So stay tuned for that. Same time, same place. It's your team every day.